Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Critical Hit, a major spoilers Dungeons & Dragons podcast. This is your Dungeon Master... What is it? What are we calling this, Rodrigo? The Dungeon workshop. Master Workshop, where we take a brand new person who is going to venture forth into the world of Dungeon Mastering, i.e. me, and we're going to walk you through how you might do this. And I know a lot of you have been getting tips and tricks from Rodrigo for your own gameplay, and I know that there are many of you out there who are just starting your own uh, dungeon mastering or game mastering for your own D&D adventure, and so we applaud you for that. And hopefully, for those of you that are sitting on the fence, this might give you some other insight and ideas. But I really mm-hmm. got to say, though, Rodrigo, if you just a lot of times if you just read through the books in yeah. detail, and I know a lot of it can be kind of dry at times, mm-hmm. then... You know, it really kind of explains things for you. There's also another book. I've only f- kind of flipped through it a little bit. I don't think it's that great, uh, but it is Dungeons and Dragons D Dungeon Mastering for Dummies. Mm-hmm. They actually have a dummies guide on how to be a dungeon master. Right. Although, to be honest, the second Dungeon Master's Guide, I thought, gives you a lot better insight on oh, yeah. things that you need to consider as a dungeon master or a game master as opposed to the core thoughts that you have to do in the uh, in the first dungeon master book definitely and and both uh, dmgs for fourth edition do a great job of not just uh, breaking down the mechanics for you but also telling you how to deal with players in general right um, for a right. long time in, in role-playing games like role-playing games just completely ignored that aspect of things and it's with these kind of latest generation of 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 rpgs and latest iterations that they're saying oh people aren't enjoying their games because the players are acting up or because there's this issue we're going to show you at least you know in a few paragraphs how you deal and how you tackle kind of problem players and things like that yeah and how to get the most out of your sessions yeah so you know hopefully we'll try to Get as many of your questions answered that we've seen pop up through the emails or over on the uh, the discussion forums or wherever over these next couple of sessions as we go into our our first encounter. And I don't know how long the uh, the first you know dungeon mastering experience will last. It'll probably last one or two episodes, I think, at most. So we've got some time to kind of play around mm-hmm. with uh, building the the setup. So last time we talked about story hook, mm-hmm. we talked about how we were going to have the Uh, players create their characters or whether we were just going to hand it to them and say, here are the pre-built characters. We did make the determination that we were going to have a, um, uh, somebody who was trained in perception, right? Perception. Someone who was trained in theory, right? And that they were going to go on a a basic quest, Mm -hmm. just very basic to retrieve an item Mm -hmm. from this mansion. And they were going to encounter some monsters there and then do some other things. So we've determined that they're going to have to have at least one encounter and one skills check, in order to uh, to proceed, in order to win the this uh, session mm-hmm. that we're going to do. So we've kind of set that up. Why don't we talk about next building the encounter and what are the things that we need to do when we build our encounter? Okay. Um, there's a lot of uh, little bits and pieces that go into building an encounter. And like building an adventure in general, you can approach it from any number of directions. Sure. I think today we should focus on... Um, kind of difficulty and then approach it from that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you wanted the players to be fifth level. Yeah, we okay. decided that, you know, we've, we've built, we've gone all the way up to fifth character level. There's no sense going any higher than that for these gamers. Uh, some of them have probably already created level 25 characters or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think f- because of our listeners and because of, myself and Matthew who haven't played the fourth edition that much, that it's probably best to just only go up to the level that we have gone up to so far. Mm -hmm. So 
when we pick a level and we, we're calling this one a level five game or level five adventure, there are some things that are in particular as we do the maths in figuring out what kind of monsters we're going to populate this encounter with, correct? Correct. So how does this work? How does the monster calculator work? All right. First off, you need to determine uh, what or how difficult you want this encounter to be. Do you want this encounter to be easy? Do you want it to be on par or do you want it to be challenging? I think for these characters, now this is going to be in the larger scope of things. If we were going to do this beyond, you know, like a huge epic, epic adventure, like what critical it has been so far, Mm -hmm. then I think that we would want this to be fairly easy. But since we're doing this as a one-time event, we're not looking for a total party kill. It is the first step to a bigger adventure. So I think this one needs to be at least on par with what their skills and capabilities are, mainly because these players already know the mechanics of the game, they should, by the time they come to the table, know their characters' um, skills, abilities. abilities, even though, you know, <laughs> we're how many 51 episodes in and some of us still don't know uh, what we're doing with some of our skills and abilities. So I would say medium and a little bit harder than a, a little bit harder than easy, but not, uh, okay. but not overwhelming. All right. So what you probably want is a challenge of their level or one level above. Okay. That'll give you a, a moderately challenging encounter. Um, so does that mean all the uh, monsters need to be a level above? Does that mean they all need to be level six monsters or something? Or Not quite. Um, what happens is you, once you've decided your, what level you want right. uh, the encounter to be, right. then you go and you figure out um, what a level... What an encounter, how much XP an encounter of that level would give you. Okay, so we're already saying that's a level five, so right. how much XP is that? Um, okay. There's a chart on page 56 of the Dungeon Master's Guide that has um, an experience point rewards chart. Okay. And that gives you a. Um, it allows you to cross reference the monster level with how much XP a regular monster of that level would give you. Okay. So, in order to build a level 5 encounter for four people, mm-hmm. you just take however much XP that monster gives you and multiply it by four. Okay. So, for a level 5, it would be 200 per monster mm-hmm. times four. So, it would be 800 XP. Okay. That's easy enough. Yes. So, what that means... I can have one monster that has 800 XP. Yes. You can have one monster that costs 800 XP. Okay. Which is probably not a wise choice. Probably not. Okay. Um, or the the easiest thing is to just have four level five monsters, which will again add up exactly to eight hundred XP. Right. Or you can have two level five monsters and then spend the rest of your XP with lower monsters or higher or like mm-hmm. one higher level monster or six uh, lower level monsters. You know, there's a discussion that goes on in the Dungeon Master's Guide that says you want to be very careful about populating the encounter with a lot of low XP uh, creatures. Yes. Because it becomes, I don't know, I don't want to say that the uh, monkey lizards were that way, you know, a trash mob kind of thing, because mm-hmm. it did take some time to work our way through them. Right. But at the same time, they were fairly well, easy kills, where you hit them once and they were basically There's gone. a difference between a minion mm-hmm. and a monster of significantly lowered level okay you will find minions which means there are usually monsters that hit pretty hard and have only a single hit point right at every level okay um so the monkey lizard started out kind of i think even 
higher level than you guys and eventually you guys oh, yeah, passed yeah, them pass as far them as level sure 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 um so eventually they became easier and easier as time went on right so i just threw more at you <laughs> um but i think what they tend to warn you about is having monsters that are too low level even if they're not minions right because it get it starts to get to a point where you have to roll 15 plus 17 plus to even hit the party right and the same thing is true for monsters of much higher level even though you might have the x you know if you want a challenging encounter for your players having monsters that are too high level will mean that um no matter what they roll they can't hit them they'll have to roll extremely high to hit them okay so let me uh let's talk about this so i know that in this encounter and again uh by the time listeners that you hear this episode we will probably have already played the encounter. So there's no chance right now that our players are going to hear us discuss how the setup of this game goes. So you're kind mm-hmm. of getting behind the scenes before before you're, they you're, do. You're kind of going to get the, the, the gonna, opposite experience yeah, yeah. here where you know what's coming before right. the players do. So I know that I want to populate this with a controller monster, kind of a boss, a, not a super boss monster, but mm-hmm. a boss controller like he's the boss of this group of right. of uh henchmen or whatever and i know that i want to create one player that's that's kind of hidden mm-hmm. that can shoot from a distance to kind of okay. give them you know this um perception uh, uh issue if they don't detect it then that character could stay hidden for a while and i know you've thrown some characters in like that before with invisible monsters correct mm-hmm. and so i know i want to have those two and the rest i just kind of figured would be like hinchy kind of you know, a, a couple of slugs or two should probably take them down. Okay. You know, a couple back and forths. Okay. But, I mean, these creatures could deal as much damage, too. So, in that case, what you might want to do is have one level five um, controller monster. Mm-hmm. And um, you might even want to write controller-ish because if we find something that's a little better. Yeah. There's... Yeah. Uh, as far as monster, you know how uh, players or player characters have are strikers, defenders, right, leaders, right, etc. Right. Monsters have similar but different, but but uh, slightly different classifications. The only one that's the same on both sides is controller. Right. Monsters are skirmishers, soldiers, brutes, artillery, lurkers, etc. That's what I was just looking for really quick while. So what you're going to want is you're probably going to want either a controller monster or a monster in another role who is also a leader. Okay. Leader is not the same. It's not a role in and of itself. It's a tacked on thing. Okay. That means that they also have abilities that affect their allies. Okay. So, But that's not terribly, terribly necessary. So, for example, here we have the kobolds. Mm -hmm. Let's just pick them as a pretty typical monster that people might know about. You've got a minion, which is a level one character, which is 25 XP. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the skirmisher, and the skirmisher gangs up on a single ta- ta- uh, target to gain the benefit of a mob attack. That's 100 XP. That's also a level one skirmisher. Mm-hmm. Then we have the slinger, and that's an artillery person, and those are the people that shoot, yep. correct? Now, are those bows and arrows, or does that mean something else when they say uh, artillery? Does that mean they, I don't know, have a... Um, gun or something that they can shoot or does that matter um th- this these are their the roles so okay. 
just just because they're called ar- artillery doesn't mean that they're like literal. No, 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 no. But uh, I mean, but I they have a bazooka. That, no, and no, just because meant, like, what same thing with I a use. brute. You know, there's no reason why a brute can't be a smart monster. Okay. Um, so then we. But have... yes, artillery are specifically what what an artillery monster is are rain monsters that attack best at range okay. and are usually usually have lower hit points than um other monsters of their level okay so this cobalt slinger has 100 xp mm-hmm. uh cobalt dragon shield is a soldier that's a level two with 125 uh worm priest is also an artillery he's in parentheses says leader that's right as 150 and let's see what what did you say again about the leader do they do i mean do they act as a leader or do they as uh, you know as the as the boss of this group or not well what a leader means is that they have abilities that benefit their allies or that okay. benefits them when their allies are around. Okay. So it is easy to have them act as the leader of this monster group. Okay. That said, there's nothing ever saying that you that have is. to play them as, as the a leader. leader. Okay. Um, and then we have a lurker, mm-hmm. and the lurker stays close to other kobolds using sly dodge to turn them into living shields. While he makes a quick attack, that guy's 175, and that's it for the uh, for the cobalts, the yeah. different types and of cobalts. shout out the first page for the cobalts. Oh, the cobalts, and this is, we're going off of the uh, Monster Manual, the first edition, uh, One page 167 is where the cobalts begin, if you mm-hmm. want to follow along with that. So, um, but the highest that we have here, now we're trying to divide these 800 XP somewhat evenly, but the cobalt, for example, the highest they go is a level four. Right. For, for a level five encounter. So I wouldn't want to use maybe kobolds for this, would I? Probably not. Okay. Um, now, the, the monster manual, you can always, both the monster manual one and two and the upcoming monster manual three, which might be out by the time you hear this. Hello, <laughs> Hello future, future people. people. Um, all of them in the back have a monsters by level chart. Right. right. Which is extremely useful. Yeah, because really usually, cool. at least for me, and as you guys know, when I run Critical Hit, the the like I, I try to put interesting encounters together, but I never say, man, oh, man, do I want to throw trolls at these guys. Right. I usually just say, what level am I going? Pick out some monsters that interact in a cool way, and then I put funny wigs and hats on them so that they look <laughs> like different monsters. Well, but okay, so that does bring up a good question. As we look at the, the level five monsters in the back, this is page 284. We've got Blazing Skeleton, a Knoll Huntmaster, a Bone Shard Skeleton, Bugbears, Vipers, Gelatinous Cubes. We're not going to have any Gelatinous Cubes, although I think it's kind of cool that there's an Elite Brute Gelatinous Cube. Yes. Uh, elites, elites. there's there's two other classifications mm-hmm. um, that tack onto things. Elites are more powerful than regular monsters of their class and level. Right. Um, they're usually meant to be particularly challenging, and I think... They are as supposed to be as powerful and equivalent in XPS to monsters of their yeah, level. That's usually what I remember seeing. Um, and then there's solos, right? Who are supposed to be equivalent to a full battery of monsters of their level. Oh, okay. So, so it'd be so it's like an entire one. an entire okay. encounter. For example, a I bet you the f- fifth level solo in the book is 800 XP. Right. Okay. So then the question though is. Is it okay to mix monsters together? That doesn't seem kind of natural. It is, it is specifically encouraged is it, to I, mix I, monsters I think together. I saw somewhere, and I don't know if it was the bugbears or what, um, but they seem to have 
like little beetles that kind of go along with them that they can use to attack or some other, you know, some of these little, again, minion type characters. In in the way that Dungeons and Dragons is set up, um, it's it's certainly easier when you go into like monstrous humanoids and stuff because like goblins and goblinoids are very cooperative. Right. So it makes a lot of sense for you to fight a hobgoblin who has a bugbear in tow and six little goblins right. to attack you with. Because, right. you know, hobgoblins are at the top of the food chain right. and they just kick everyone else around. Um, the game then, because of that mentality, assumes kind of that the ecosystem works that way too. Monsters are just naturally, and, and, and animals and all kinds of creatures are naturally symbiotic. Okay. So it's not, in Dungeons and Dragons, it's not crazy to find a bear that hunts with a pack of wolves. Okay, because to me that's counterintuitive. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see it in the case that you put in. Here we have a hobgoblin commander mm-hmm. who oversees goblins. Yep. And just because of the nature of that pecking order. Mm-hmm. But when you say, hey, we're going to have a shark and a bear fighting together in the water against the, the players, that seems a little a yeah. little strange. But that's that's the way that, in 4th edition, that's the way that monsters... And actually, in previous editions, too, especially when you threw in, like, random encounters. Right. You're like, you guys are fighting a gelatinous cube who is teamed up with a human paladin. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if we're looking at this chart as we go down, I mean, there's, I don't know, 5, 10, there's probably 20, 25 monsters here. Mm-hmm. 20, 25 monsters. Um, then we can just kind of look and say, okay, what looks good? Right? Is right. that what we do? So yeah. probably not a ghoul. We don't want to, this isn't a haunted place, although that might be a, a part that we might want to throw in at some point. Uh, are you sure it's not a haunted place? Well, I mean, what's I this know. relic it's been doing? A, remember, we talked the last time that, that the, the landowner, the baron that mm-hmm. they're supposed to go and check out, he's just been disappeared for quite some time and the right. manor has fallen in disarray. We don't know that it's haunted, but we do know that there's talk that there are other people after this mystical device and that may be one of the reasons why he disappeared, because there were many people after it. Well, at this point, my advice would be don't rule out a whole class of monsters. Okay. You might find that you want to run a ghoul and a bunch of zombies fighting Mm -hmm. the players, Mm -hmm. and then you might say, oh, well, in this case, it's this evil necrotic thing that's been going on. Right. And And that's where all the weird stuff comes in. Or you might find that you want to throw, you know... Uh, like Spriggans and and Fey monsters sure. at the players, and I was like, "Oh, it's the whole deal here is that the Fey Wild has encroached into this place." I guess so I, since I guess you I don't... look at this, I guess I look at this adventure as uh, Star Wars ish in a sense, where you have the evil emperor mm-hmm. who's commanding his people, who are then commanding their people right. to go out and do things. So it's this whole here's the big bad that says, "I demand this mystical element." Three Stooges go out and f- go out and gather this. Right. Hilarity ensues. So and and on but, a sense, it's like okay, boss. But you know, think about it this way, and and I'm sure that you know certain writers approach things this way as well. Right. The the grunts are going to be the things that the players encounter the most. Right. Right. In Star Wars, we see way more stormtroopers than Sith. Right. Um. So. It makes sense to backwards engineer the big bad guy from the grunts. Right. It's and, not and if you it's at, not obvious yeah. to think about, but that's the way you, you can do it that right. way. And there are of course different levels of those soldiers as mm-hmm. you move up. You've got the Imperial and the Imperial Guard and then yep. so on and so forth. So. And then finally a guy who, you know, if you think about it, <laughs> it looks a lot like a stormtrooper. Only he has his you know, his mask is a different color. Right. And he has a cool sword. Right, right, right. 
So as I looked, so you're saying that then go ahead and we need to pick from a level five monster, right? Yeah. It sounds to me like you want either a level five controller or a level five of whatever class that has a leader mm-hmm. thing attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I see the Hobgoblin commander is a soldier and a leader. Yes. And he's a level five. Mm-hmm. And that would kind of fit into this into this picture that I foresee. Okay. So maybe we should look at... Um, that character first. Okay. And so when we look at the Hobgoblin, where's he at? Hobgoblin Commander, level five soldier, 200 XP. Uh, This is on page 140. He can use a spear as his weapon, tactical deployment. Uh, He's got a minor recharge. We can talk about some of these things later. He leads from the front. Um, Hobgoblin Resilience, a Phalanx Soldier. Okay. So this is important too, because if we want to use some of these abilities... A hobgoblin commander gains a plus two bonus to AC while at least one hobgoblin ally is adjacent to it. Does that right. mean that you have to use another hobgoblin then for that bonus to kick in? Um, technically it does, but I'm just I'm just going to tell you a, a super duper secret Uh-oh, here and now. Listeners, here we go. That's right. Rodrigo's super um, duper dungeon mastering secret. Those abilities are there to be used. So if you find that you want to have a hobgoblin leading a bunch of, I don't know, gelatinous cubes. And gelatinous cubes are the only other monsters there. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and have that applied to gelatinous cubes. Oh, okay. Because otherwise that ability goes completely unused and it reduces the effectiveness of the monster. Okay. So is there anything in particular that I would want to consider maybe not using the Hobgoblin Commander um, as the leader of this party? Only in the sense that, I mean, it. I, I think that you have a, a solid but somewhat nebulous idea of what you want this. Right, right, right. Like you, like, you have it in your mind, but you might not know the details yet well, okay, so of what a, you want this to be. The Hobgoblin Commander is a guy that yells out, charge, and then right, charges right. before anybody else has a chance to. Right, right, right. And then his the rest of his monsters just kind of swarm around him. Okay, well, the, here's another thing that's good about the Dungeon Master Guide for people that haven't picked this up or if they bought the three-pack from Wizards of the Coast and they haven't opened it up yet. At the end of each group of monsters mm-hmm. like the hobgoblins it's got an encounter group built for you so for example here's uh, they have a lot of level fives uh let's do a level five they max they have for uh, i guess they're going for a five party encounter but we can adjust this uh, a level five encounter has one goblin hexer two goblin skull cleavers one goblin sharpshooter and 12 go- goblin cutters mm-hmm I don't know if level, f- I mean, that would be a level five that adds, adds up to a thousand points, five players yep. at a thousand points. We've got another one that has a bugbear warrior, two hobgoblin archers, three goblin warriors, two goblin black blades. And it goes on and on and on. It builds a level six encounter, a level seven up through nine. And then by then I think you're probably out of the, the range for those monsters at that point. Mm-hmm. Is it better to try to build an encounter group based on one of these well, that made up ones. That's that means that it's already done for you. Okay. Well, and so here we look at just as an example, mm-hmm. uh, one hobgoblin commander, three bugbear warriors, and one dire wolf. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, a dire wolf isn't you know isn't going to be any use in searching for an, a relic in a mansion. 
Oh, okay. So, so you want these monsters? They're there to, to also be a group that's they, there. Yeah. They're not a group that's being controlled by the big bad guy. No, they're okay. there because they're looking for this thing that so you got to tell me sent these things, Stephen. I'm trying. They're there by their big boss, right? So uh-huh. it's like, but the big boss so is it's not like the boss sp- at the end of the level. No, 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 no. That's okay. something else. Okay, that's I something see. Else. I get you. So we've got this group that's in the library mm-hmm. looking for this stuff, and one of them is their leader, mm-hmm. right? And so you've got Mo and then Larry and Curly and Shemp right. and, you know, those four guys looking around for the, uh, for the magical item when our heroes go into the library and encounter these guys, hilarity ensues. Mm-hmm. They have a, um, hopefully they win. Maybe they do a skills challenge and then they have to face yet another bad who's in another part of the mansion who hears the commotion and comes down and investigates. And he's a bigger monster right. than the... Four. Is he affiliated with those four? Yeah, he would be part of the group. He might be, I, I still, th- I don't, I see him, you know, if I were to do this, he would be like in, um, when you read the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. you've got the uh, goblins, but then they have giant trolls as right. kind of their muscle, right? Mm-hmm. So the last big encounter that they would have would be against an equivalent of a troll, this big out of control berserker kind of character. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So how does that affect then what, what we're building? Does it or does it not? It doesn't. Just that, I mean, just for my own information, that's that's good to know that you envision it this way. I thought yeah, that I, I see the as, goblins were essentially, like, what I thought was there's this craziness going in this house, right. and there's some presence in the house that oh, is okay. actively trying to keep people out. Oh, no, no, no. And that either the goblins were working for this thing, oh, yeah, no, or no. that the goblins weren't, but eventually this thing is going to come out and phase the place. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't foresee it okay. as that. It's All just right. like they have, uh, you know, the the Stooges get into pro- pro- trouble and Moe's like, call the big boss or whatever, and then, mm-hmm. you know, call... You know, call whoever. Call Conan, and then Conan will, oh, boss, what you want? Smash him. Okay, boss. And that's a bigger creature that they have to fight. But that only happens at the very, you know, dying breath type of thing for the main mob. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yep. Okay. So we need to build that, I guess. Yes. All right. So do we still need a Hobgoblin commander or let me ask, and I guess it's up to me as the dungeon master. Mm -hmm. Do I see the leader being this kind of a person or do I see the leader of this group, the person that stands in the back and says... You guys go attack. And I guess I would see he's standing in the back saying, you guys attack. Okay. So in that case, just because it has a leader tag, mm-hmm. you probably don't necessarily even want that. Okay. Um, what you probably want to do is look in the back and find either an artillery monster or a controller of level five and then pick. From does it there. also have to be a leader beside it? It or does not? not have to be a leader. Because what does what does the leader thing mean, Stephen? Well, that's a good question. I have to go back and look. I just, I just, we kind of just talked about it. I know, but I've got so many things uh, going okay. on in my head. Uh, you know, essentially, they're going. You know, it's just a. It's, they get some abilities and powers, and, right? That help out the yeah, other. That help out the other, which so. has no bearing whatsoever on how you play it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about it this way: like, if you build an encounter. Mm-hmm. And one of the creatures is a leader. It could be like a bunch of, um, like a bunch of like human inquisitors, mm-hmm. like witch hunters, and they're the the leader in air quotes 
is this witch that they caught and they've uh, brainwashed, right? Right, right. And so they're they're using this witch's abilities for their cause, but it is not literally the leader of this group. Right, right. That's so true. the leader tag is useful mechanically, mm-hmm. but roleplay-wise, you don't have to necessarily lean on it. So what about a Noel Huntmaster? Yes. He's a level five artillery. Yep. He doesn't have a leader tag, but I don't know. Again, it's not important for this character. Right. The Huntmaster is a a level five, 200 XP. Uh, If there's anything, uh, he's got pack attack. So that actually could be good. What does it say? Well, it says a pack attack. The Null Huntmaster deals an extra five damage on melee and ranged attacks against an enemy who has two or more of the Huntmaster's allies adjacent to it. Mm-hmm. And that could actually be good because oh, yeah. he could be up in the balcony area mm-hmm. commanding and striking from a distance. And let's say one of the players has two other of the allies beside him flanked. Then mm-hmm. he gets a plus five to that attack. So that could be an advantage. Yep. A big advantage. And he kind of fits in his look, kind of probably fits in with some of the uh, things that we're going for. Maybe not as sophisticated. I mean, they're demon worshippers, marauders. They pillage, kill, and destroy. They attack communities along the borders without warning and slaughter without mercy, all in the name of the demon lord. You know, well, we're not going to mention it in this show because we don't want to call him forth. That's right. If you mention his name three times. I don't know. I, I don't know if I like the 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 Knowles. I want something a little bit more sophisticated, something that's not just a smash and kill and destroy well, let me, devil worshiper. All right. So you Okay. It's gotta have well, some intelligence. Okay. Well before before we go any further, let's look at the other monsters. Okay. The other controllers and artillery available. Uh, so the other artillery we have a blazing skeleton, mm-hmm. uh, which would go into your haunted mansion kind of motif. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, uh, some brutes, uh, we've got the Ettercap web spinner, which I'm going to guess is some kind of a spider. Yeah. It's a spider monster. Orc eye grummish, a tangler beetle, a vine horror. Uh, those are the controllers. Skirmishers, a dire wolf, a fire bat, a hippogriff, a, a, a white and a young green dragon. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Uh, I mean, we've got artilleries, we've got brutes, lurkers, um, and then we've got soldiers for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a vampire that's a minion in that. Yeah, but you don't want your boss to be a minion. Yeah, unless you unless that you're you're working on a very specific thing. There's a dwarf hammerer, mm-hmm. which I guess could probably, but he's a soldier. Um, you know, I think we may just have to stick with the. Uh, with the hobgoblin? With the, well, we could, yeah, I think or we may knoll. have to stick with the, with the, I'm thinking the knoll, we may just want to stick with the knoll and yeah. figure out something with that. I mean, knolls aren't dumb, and if, if you want it to work as, then that second thing that the, that the players face is actually the big boss, it makes sense, because for monsters, humanoids especially, it's all very much, like, the, the biggest thing calls the shots, so. Right, right. Um... You know, whatever this thing turns out to be, it basically just knocks the knoll on the head and says, go get this for me or I will eat you. Okay. And that's something that the knoll understands because all his little minions, he basically says the same thing to them. Okay. So, all right. So we'll just use with the knoll hunt master. Okay. He's a five level five artillery. So that's Mm -hmm. 200 XP. Or I guess I should double check. Page 132 for those following along. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, 200 XP. 
So now we need to get some other things that go on here. We That's probably right. need... Um, so now that you have figured out that you want the the knoll and he's going to basically stay far away and chuck right. axes and javelins right. at people. Right. Um now what you probably want if you want that sneaky guy is to look at lurkers. Right. For your other level 5 critter. Right. And lurkers also a level five, all of these are level five, or should yes. I be looking at something level four and below? I think you should look at something level five. Okay. So we have for lurkers, a green scale darter, which is part of the lizard folk, mm-hmm. uh, a slad or slod, mm-hmm. and a wraith. And we're probably not going to use a wraith. So that kind of leaves us down to a green scale darter yeah. or a slod. Look, look up the darter, see what 178 in the book. And the lizard folk, uh, darter, 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 darter. Level five, 200 points, uh, attacks with a club, blowgun, poisoned weapon. These guys look pretty spooky looking. Uh, sniper, a hidden lizard folk darter that misses with a ranged attack remains hidden. So I kind of want a sniper character. There you go. So there we go with a green scale darter. Now, you know, you said you make our, our monsters wear funny, funny hats. Yep. Mustaches. Yep. Talking a funny accent. Yep. Um, how common is that? Um, I can't tell you because as far as I can tell, gamers are the equivalent of the tribes in Mad Max. Okay. Um, some of them are surprisingly urbane and talk to each other, and some of them have never seen another tribe before. Okay. So right. how common is it? I don't know. All right. Well, I just didn't know because, again... Oh my gosh, here's a lizard and an owl fighting side by side. Well, and again, it's that, you know. Maybe it's more like the bounty hunters in Star Wars. There's a whole group of them. Sure, you can say that. Or this can just be a very, like, gnolls are very territorial. They're very mean. Mm -hmm. So if there is a bigger gnoll back where this gnoll lives and he got tossed out of his group for challenging him, he might be just roaming through the swamps and seeing what he can intimidate into Okay. Into working for him. So we've got two level fives and we've burned up half of our XP. That's right. So now we need, what did we say, two more characters? I I think what you want, since you want this to be like a bunch of little guys, right? Right, right. What you want is you want to cash the remaining, basically two monster slots for minions. Okay. So in later uh, prints, right in the monster manual, the original monster manual... Um, the, the minions have a particular XP count, Mm -hmm. but they figured out that they're actually a little low as far as the amount of XP that they give. So now basically four minions are equivalent to one monster of that level. Oh, so for 200 XP, you would get four level five minions. Oh, okay. So let's see what we and unfortunately these are not listed as minions in the uh they are monster by level. Oh okay, I see, but these are like okay. But there's no level 5 minions in either monster manual. Uh there's one. There's a raptor uh rapture demon which is 5 minion soldier. Mm-hmm. And this is from the PHB or I'm sorry, the uh, uh monster manual 2. It's on page 60. 
a rupture demon, a symbiotic demon composed of evil sludge. Rupture demons slink through the layers of the abyss, following behind more powerful demons and consuming the remains of their kill. Not liking that. Okay. Uh, so level five then, minions. Uh, Vampire Spawn Flesh Ripper mm-hmm. is the only minion that they have listed here on page 259. Okay. Uh, living humanoids slain by a vampire lord's blood drain are condemned to rise again as vampire spawn. Relatively weak vampires under the dominion of the vampire lord that created them. Which to me would say that there's got to be a bigger vampire somewhere. Which yeah. again, if you said don't rule it out. But the Flesh Ripper... Uh, Vampire spawn that begins its turn in direct sunlight can take only a single move action in its turn. If it ends the turn in direct sunlight, it burns to ash and is destroyed. Well, considering this is a library with lots of windows, probably not a character we will want to use in this okay. adventure. So then do we dro- drop down then? Because that's the only minion group in level five. Well, sounds like you don't like either of those minions. I really, so. I really don't. Yep, you'd have to go down a level. So we've got an Orc Drudge level four minion on page 203. I'm kind of picky when it comes to my monsters. Are you yep. this picky when it comes to your monsters? Mm, only as far as their stats. Oh, okay. Orc Drudge, uh, medium natural humanoid. Orcs worship Grimish. Oh, we shouldn't say their names. I won't want to call them forth. Um, yeah, there you go. Standard... Standard monster. Yep. There you go. A missed attack never damages a minion. I like him. I think he fits within the group. Okay. But he's a level four. He's only uh, XP of 44. Right. So what you want to do is, with the new rules, you want to calculate how much a level four monster is. So that's 175. Okay. So out of the XP left that you have, how many... 400 XP left. Mm Mm-hmm. So divide that by 175. Divide it by 175? Oh, you're going to make me do the maths here. Do, 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 do. 400 divided by 175 equals 2.285. Okay. So... Let's say 2, or do you actually use the percentage points? Uh, you can round up if you if you wanted to throw in a little bit more excitement, but let's say two, okay. just just to keep it, okay. You know, add equal power or below. Okay, so that's going to be about the same. It's two monsters of that level, which once they explode into minions, would be eight minions. So I need eight of these. You need eight of those eight work dredges, mm-hmm. and that does that fill out the last two slots? Yes. Okay. So four orc dredges and four orc dredges. Wow, that's a lot of... uh, Orc dredges? That's what they're called, drudge. Mm -hmm. And again, these are medium natural humanoids, initiative of zero, sense perception zero. They have an HP of one, an AC of 16, a fortitude of 15, a reflex of 12, speed of six, eight while charging, club for a standard at will, um, a chaotic evil. They speak common and giant equipment, hide armor, and a club. I think they serve as the lowest underling mm-hmm. section. So, Orc Drudge Attack Tactics. Uh, orc minions have no particular sense of honor and simply swarm around a foe and hack it to death. Orc Dredges usually begin a fight by charging. They gain extra speed in the charge. Sounds just right. Yep. Sounds like you would have a Knoll Hunt Master saying, Attack! Yep. 
while he's casting things, and then from the shadows, pshew, 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 yep, our sniper. All right, well, there you go. There's a monster group right there. There you go. There's your first encounter. All right. Uh, now, when we set this up, we got to figure out tactics. Now, this is where some of these tactics occur, right? That's right. Every monster entry afterwards has tactics for that monster. Right. So we've already explained what the orc drudge tactic is. Mm-hmm. So they just do whatever. Yep. As a dungeon master, though, do you do you look at the board and say, oh, I see that Orem is the weakest now. Let's have them all run over to Orem and attack him. Or do you put yourself in the mindset of, okay, five of them are swarming character X. They wouldn't stop swarming character X to go over and swarm on character B. Right. Is that, does it mean, does that make sense or not? You can do it both ways. Um, personally, I try to uh, role play the monsters as much as possible, which is okay. why, you know, sometimes the mon- my monster tactics are suboptimal because if you'll remember, especially like during the uh, moon dinosaur fight, mm-hmm. I kept asking people who were bloodied. Oh, right, right. The, 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 they, those guys will just attack whoever instinctively whoever's weakest right um or whoever is most likely to drop okay so you can do it that way um okay. with more intelligent monsters um and once a monster is sentient you can argue that it's intelligent enough mm-hmm. um you can have just very cold dungeon mastery tactics yeah 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 especially if they have a leader who may well be shouting no no Stop fighting the big guy. Try to kill the guy who's shooting laser beams out of his eyes. Okay, that's good. Okay, that's good to know. All right, and so we can talk maybe the next time about the actual, let's lay out the battle grid and all Mm -hmm. of that fun stuff. Um, Did say there was going to be a skills challenge because they have to search after they defeat this group. They're going to have to search for this magical um, uh, item. Yes. And that's where some of their skills are going to come into play, Mm -hmm. obviously. It's hidden behind a panel up on the upper level. How do we go about building the skills challenge? Okay. To build is a, it, is, is, Let me ask you this before we get into that. Is it important to have a skills challenge in an, in an adventure? No. It's not any more important than to have a combat challenge. Okay. Um, the cool thing about skills challenges is that they allow you to advance the story while giving the players a certain degree of narrative control. Okay. Um, it's an opportunity for them to flex their non-combat muscles mm-hmm. and to come up with interesting ways of tackling problems. Okay. All right. So how would we go about setting up a skills challenge in this case? They need to hunt the room, mm-hmm. try to find the... I mean, they don't know what they're looking for. They know that they're looking for something that it's in this room. Right. They'll know it when they see it. Okay. And they now, know that is it this, has to be is hidden. Is this the same room where this fight takes this place? This is in the same area that this fight has taken place. Okay. So obviously the group of eight, ten people that they just slaughtered in this big library mm-hmm. um, didn't find it. Right. And the room is probably in disarray from the fight, as well as these are not the smartest creatures, just pulling books and things off shelves, so things are going to be scattered, tipped over, general disarray and a mess. Okay. Okay. So... They're going to have to find it. That's right. Do um, you set up a skills challenge uh, and you usually give us like three fails. Is that always a pretty much a norm? Yes. Three chances for failure. Yep. And then what about successes? Because sometimes we've had five attempts for success. Sometimes we've had eight chances. Yep. 
how do you how do you calculate that or determine that? That is calculated sort of in the same way as monster encounters. Okay. You determine what level you want the skill challenge to be. Okay. And that kind of has a slider between um die like a target number difficulty when making the rolls and number of successes and um in a second i will tell you how it's done but i gotta get the the uh dungeon master's guide too for reference oh okay all right that's fine so you pointed out that the the dungeon master's uh book two has some updated rules on this yeah you can find errata for the dungeon master's the original dungeon master's guide um skill challenges at wizards of the coast site which mm-hmm. is www.wizards.com slash d the letter n d mm-hmm. um but if you have the dungeon master's guide too the the errata has been applied here okay and so what page are we looking at we are looking at page 80 okay so this is, should be a moderate challenge right um to deal with a skill challenge, the player characters make skill checks to accumulate a number of successful skill uses before they rack up three failures. The complexity of a skill challenge determines the number of successful checks the characters must accumulate before failing three checks in combination with the challenge's level. It also determines how hard the challenge is for the characters to overcome and the XP award they receive for completing it. Um, so you said you wanted a moderate encounter. Right. So somewhere in the middle would be a complexity three. Okay. Which requires eight successes. Ah, so eight successes. Mm-hmm. All right. And that would probably be almost right if they're searching around for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that it's hidden behind a panel up on the second level. So what kind of things would we allow or not allow our characters to do for that? Um, Obviously, they could use perception. Right. The, we said that one of them needed to have a high perception in order to mm-hmm. to find this. Um, your rules have had us where we can't use the same power as the person who just did it. Right. And we can't use the same power The same twice, skill twice. The yes. same skill twice. Is that a very common? No. Okay. That's That's, that is my rogue. own house rule. Okay. So if someone decides that they want to roll a rogue with a high perception, mm-hmm. they could use, and if I didn't forbid that, they could use perception again and again and again and again. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, and then you want to determine your skill difficulty. Now, okay. this is going to be a four through six level. Okay. And you're looking at an easy, moderate, or hard DC. Moderate again. So the DC for their checks would be 12. Okay, so they have to roll a 12 or higher mm-hmm. in order to pass that skill. That's right. And what of the ones that skills challenge that you've had for us before? Have you varied from easy to super hard? Usually, um, I, I pretty much uniformly throw in um, eight successes and the hard difficulty. So it's been, it was 15 for most of the game. Once you mm-hmm. guys hit level five, mm-hmm. I bumped it up to 17. Oh, okay. And that includes with their modifier. Yes. Okay. I think that, I think that'll be easy enough, moderate, 12, mm-hmm. plus their modifier, and it depends on what they have. Obviously, we don't want somebody to just say, well, I'm going to use my athletics and smash all stuff and see what see what I can find, although I suppose they could do that, right? Yes. If, if that was allowed. And this is important. Yeah. I, I get the sense mm-hmm. that you have a very specific way that you want these guys to be looking for. This yeah. yeah. You know, it's, their, you it. know, it's like when you're looking for the secret passage. Right. We're looking, we don't just start smashing up walls and 
and furniture to find it. Torque does, though. Well, he does, but Torque's not playing in this game. Are you but, sure? But, I mean, they could. I mean, they certainly could do that. Okay, so that's okay, then. I, I suppose it that. would be. All I right. suppose it would be, but I don't think that the way this library is laid out that, in my mind, and you uh-huh. haven't seen the layout yet, in my mind, that there's not just a lot of exposed panels that they could just start smashing through. I mean, there's bookcases that line all of these walls. They've already hopefully perceived that these goblins have been tearing books off the shelves mm. looking for stuff, so... Hopefully that means that there's something on the shelves that they need to to look for and to search for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's take a moment. And <laughs> we had our own little goblin. That's encounter. right. Um, let's take a moment and talk about player decisions. Right. I mean, if they wanted to start smashing thing, that's fine. But I don't think it's as challenging. I mean, it's not I don't as think challenging. It's, I don't think it doesn't develop the story as as as, as much nice. as what. Let's start smashing things. Okay, pom 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 pom. Maybe is there something to put in there to, at uh, a fragile level that if they use a certain skill to reveal the hiding place, that it could crack or you, damage the, you are, the item. As 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 part of the uh, as part of the rules, you are allowed to outlaw certain skill uses. Okay. Um. So I need to probably put that in somewhere. Yes. Okay. Um. However, um, let's talk about that specifically. Okay. All right. Um, there is a reason why I instituted my house rule. Right. Um, and the reason for that is, is that um, I want skill challenges to be very narrative and mm-hmm. very varied mm-hmm. and that kind of actually literally challenge the player's imaginations right. on how to do things. Right. Um, which is why I usually don't outlaw any skill uses okay. and why I don't let players use the same skill twice. Right. Um, cause otherwise it would just be like, I look around, I look around, I look around, mm-hmm. I look around. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise I feel that it turns very much into a, just a, I roll a die, see what I get. Yeah. Next person goes, um, and takes away the narrative aspect of it. Okay. Now, if you have, if you want this to be, you know, strictly a perception challenge, Mm -hmm. you can say that. I would urge you to come up with a second skill that can be used. But here's the thing. The person that comes in as a barbarian that has a crappy wisdom and none of those things trained is going to sit there and pout until he fails the challenge for everyone. Right. Or somebody else wins the challenge for him. Right. Which... You know, we've all all encountered that at some point. Yep. So, um, so yeah, I don't think I want to outlaw anything, mm-hmm. but I want them to be creative in how they're looking for this. Right. And but, and so that's going to be part of their imagination in finding right. this. But see that my what what I'm getting at here is that you're coming into this with certain. And, and and I'm using this in the broadest sense of the word with kind of a bias in mind. Right, right, right. Um, you don't, you feel that them just smashing things would be too easy. Yeah, I think so. But remember that it has literally nothing to do except with their, with, with what right. they roll. Right. So if they go around smashing things and they fail that check, yeah. it's just as bad as if they were cleverly looking around and fail the check. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. All right. So moderate, we'll let them do whatever they want yep. and see how the story evolves. I don't know if I want to put in the same rules that you put in, mm-hmm. if that's not a specific rule. 
Again, this is supposed to be a generic. Yeah, it's not a specific rule. Yeah, it's, we're just trying to make this now, generic what for you, the listener. What you can do mm-hmm. if you don't want to, because skill challenges aren't supposed to be so constrained that you only roll one thing, but also not so broad that you can roll anything by okay. the rules. Okay. So what you can do is designate one, two, well, probably two, three, maybe four skills Okay. where you can roll a success. Mm-hmm. And then every skill, other than that, the players can roll to give the next person a plus two on their check rather than actually accumulate a success. Okay. So if they succeed, they don't accumulate a success, success. but they get a plus two to the next check. Now, that doesn't stack. Oh, okay. So that was my next question. The next person, if the next person wants to help the next person, then they get a plus two to that check. Okay. To give the other person a plus two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's understandable. You don't, you don't get to like uh, super collide a. Uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. No, no. I was going to say, I was gonna say though that, I guess from my standpoint as a player, I wouldn't see that as an advantage to do that unless you had somebody like D and D Brian who just is terrible at rolling his die sometimes. Well, a failure is still a failure. Yeah, that's right. So, I guess if you had a success but you didn't advance. That means there's a greater percentage of chance that you're going to hit a fail. Okay. Now let's... Uh, actually, what we really should have talked about before we started this is what happens when the players succeed on that skill challenge? What, so what if they do it, they find the panel, it opens, ha! they discover the element, they realize that this is the item that the uh, that the person that sent them on the quest, the old man, you must help mm-hmm. me find this, is what they're wanting. Skills challenge complete. Okay. If they don't find it... Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like it's in this place. The old man must be crazy. They fail essentially the quest. If they were to go back, the old man would say, you didn't look hard enough. It's there. I know it. Mm. So then if they fail, it's not there? No, if they fail, it's there. They just didn't fail. They didn't find its hiding spot. Okay. There's a, there's a problem with that. Okay. Skill challenges. Mm-hmm. The story cannot hinge on a skill challenge. Okay. If if you hinge your story on a skill challenge, it is almost guaranteed that it, it'll fail. Okay, because so how the about players this? will just fail that skill challenge, and your story will just okay. How about this halt. then? If if it is a, um, well, gee, how could we work this then? Because they need to find that hiding spot. Yes, and they, I want it. It needs to be a skills challenge. If they fail it, could they? Could the big bad monster come in and disrupt them and make sense? Okay, so, so what? So what you could do is if they succeed, they find this magic item, which then as a reward for succeeding, they can use in their fight against the big bad guy. Could, could. If they fail, the big bad guy gets to them before they find it. Okay. So they fail the challenge. The big Mm -hmm. bad guy shows up and says, right. Fight, fight, fighty, fight. <laughs> Eventually, they beat him, right. and then we'll just say that the fight basically destroys the library and just reveals right. The that's item, what so I was, I was thinking. The ex- I was thing. thinking the exact same thing. Okay, so, so use then, item on monster for a success makes a pretty good, a pretty good reward. Then mm-hmm. okay. Um. So speaking of rewards, let's say they get through it, the success, they get the item, the magical orb, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Go back to town. Ah, congratulations, adventurers. Um, how do we deal with award systems or reward systems? Or do we even have to worry about that? Um, well, you know it, what? 
how about we just pick that up the next time? Okay. We'll have one more session because I want to talk about setting up the battle grid, mm-hmm. items and things that a dungeon master needs to have with them. I want to talk about rolling for initiative, uh, doing it ahead of time or doing it during the game. We know we've talked about that before, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the materials that you're going to need to be a good dungeon or to run an encounter. And then we'll talk about the reward system and wrapping up the event, the the game, the encounter, and then we'll get into the game in the fourth episode. Yep. All right. Sounds good. All right, listeners, if you have any questions, comments, uh, thoughts, ideas about Critical Hit, uh, you can send them to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. You can head over to the website at Majorspoilers.com and look in the archives, do some searching around for Dungeons and Dragons. You're going to find a lot of of Rodrigo's advice for game masters in there. He's got uh, one that is um, really good about how to deal with problem characters. He's got another one that talks about power creep, Mm -hmm. a big problem in many uh, role-playing games where really any game where you just get so powerful that you're a god essentially walking among the the, the minions mm-hmm. uh, and he's got a lot more up there you should check it out it's over at Majorspoilers.com thanks so much for listening and until next time here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits